Hello, and welcome to the third episode of the One Play Sports Podcast. My name is David Hevener, and I'm the host of the show. We have a really exciting interview on tap for today. But before I get to it, I want to share a couple of the funny things that I've seen recently from the sports world. First off, I'm going to go ahead to Orlando, Florida, and focus on the NBA. The Phoenix Suns were a team that originally started at the 13th seed in the West and were the last team in the Western Conference to get invited to Orlando. They were only about six games back from the eighth spot when the season resumed in Orlando. They are now currently the only undefeated team left in the bubble, and they are only half a game behind the nine seed, which will get to do a play-in game with the eight seed for the last spot in each of their respective conferences. One thing that I have really enjoyed recently is the NBA Twitter scene, especially the Suns social media accounts, but specifically on Twitter. The Suns have been outspoken about needing help to get to the play-in game because even if they went undefeated, like they still would not have won enough games to catch the 8 or the 9 seed, and they were going to need some help from some of the other teams around the league. They were very vocal about that on social media. They even changed the Twitter name and the account to like Nuggets fan for today or something like that and it's just I found it very entertaining they've created a fun environment for the fans and engaged the fans because honestly the Suns were not expected to be here they weren't expected to make the playoffs and the Suns social media team has done a great job incorporating the fans and entertaining the fans and making it a fun experience for them on their social media as they cheer for their team to try to make the push for the eight or the nine seed for the playing game for the last spot in the Western Conference. Personally, I think it's either going to be Portland or Phoenix that's going to take the eight seed in the last spot in the Western Conference. But if you're having a rough day or just want a good laugh, definitely just go check out the Suns Twitter page. You can thank me later on that one. You will not be disappointed. But speaking of Portland, there's been some drama going on between Portland Trailblazers guard Damian Lillard and Clippers players Paul George and Patrick Beverly. Damian Lillard missed two game-winning free throws at the end of the game that would have won the game for the Trailblazers a couple days ago, which is very unusual for Damian Lillard to do. He's usually a knockdown free throw shooter. He's usually the closer for the Trailblazers, and he sent home Paul George last year when he was on the Thunder. He hit that viral buzzer beat. He sent Pat Beverly home and Paul George home on separate occasions. And the two went to social media after the game, jawing at each other because Bleacher Report had posted a clip of Damian Lillard missing the free throws. And Pat Beverly and Paul George were seen on the sidelines celebrating like, yay, we finally, like, we defeated Damian Lillard. Um, Like, he's going to be sent home. Like, we're not the ones going home this time. Bleacher Report captioned the video, Damian sees this as a sign of respect. And then... And PG commented on the video by saying, and you getting sent home this year with a couple crying face emojis, respect. And Pat Beverly said Cancun on three with three crying face emojis. And Damian Lillard then clapped back at Paul George saying, PG, you keep switching teams, dot, 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 running from the grind, you boys as chumps. And I just think it's funny to think that these two guys, these professional athletes could be jabbing at each other on social media, yet they're in the same hotel room, a couple floors apart. These guys are grown men, and it's creating a bunch of drama. I mean, personally, I love it. I love the drama side of sports as well. I mean, I love the game, but also just like all the other stories that come along with it that drives the competitiveness and the rivalries between the different teams. I mean, any sport, whether it be basketball, baseball, football, hockey, or any of the other sports as well. But it's just something that 
I personally love. You never know, Lillard's next diss track might be about Paul George and Patrick Beverly. You never know. Let's switch gears a little bit and go to the other bubbles that are above the border in Toronto and Edmonton. The NHL had a crazy qualifying round this past week. It was definitely nothing short of insane. Two 12 seeds upset of the five seeds, which I definitely did not expect. But then again, it's playoff hockey. It's just going to be weird seeing the playoffs without uh, Sidney Crosby or Connor McDavid. But it's just something that... It's the nature of the sport. It's playoff hockey. Anything can happen. I mean, after what happened with the Blues last year, I'm not really kind of shocked by anything. But I'm going to talk a little bit more about the NHL in the interview that I have with my guest today. We made some predictions right as the qualifying rounds were starting about the different qualifying round series along with the end of the year awards and the cup final and who's going to come out on top. It was a great interview. With that being said, let's get into the interview with Casey Wishart. So last week, I got to talk with one of my good friends, Anthony Lucidis, and have him share about the business side of sport. Uh, this week, I figured I would take a little bit of a different route and go with the media side. Um, I'm going to be interviewing somebody that has experience as both a reporter and a radio producer slash segment host. She's from Tampa, Florida. Let's welcome to the show, Casey Wishart. Hey, David. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm just living the dream. Yeah. Like hockey's back, sports are back. I mean, I'm just patiently waiting for Florida to welcome high school sports back. But in the meantime, I've got everything else back. Hey, Casey, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and your background so they can get to know you a little bit? So, hey, I'm Casey Wishart, and I am a radio host and producer at Fanstream Sports, which is a small radio network in Largo, Florida, which is just 20 minutes outside of Tampa. And we cover the Tampa Bay Rays, which is a baseball team, for those of you that might not know, the Tampa Bay Lightning, Florida State, Florida, USF football, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who we now have the GOAT and Gronk. So this is going to be one of the best times to be a Tampa media personality if they let media anywhere near anybody. But still, we got them there. And I got into sports because growing up, I played just about everything. I played softball and I played volleyball mainly. But growing up, I was the only girl in the midst of a lot of boy cousins. So anytime the family got together, I was not allowed to sit inside and play Barbies. The football was coming straight at my head and I had to fend for myself. So I got to real quick that I learned I need to like sports, but it became a passion of mine as I grew up. And then I decided one day I wanted to stay in sports and here I am. How long has it been since you kind of knew that you wanted to be a part of the sports media? So when I was 15, it was the year of 2011, I was on a junior softball team, which is juniors here in Florida is ages 13, 14. So throughout the summer, we were on an all-star team where the best 15 in that Tampa area were chosen to be on this team. And I was fortunate enough to be on it. And we we started off, we, we won districts, we won state, we got to regionals, which is where it's the whole Southeast region, which is Alabama, Florida, Georgia, the Carolinas and Tennessee and the host team, but we they don't count. So anyway, what we did, by the grace of God, we won regionals and we got to go to the Little League World Series in Seattle, Washington. Oh, wow. Yeah. So when we were in Seattle, we made it to the final game and which was, we were the top two. We, we played against Michigan or 
the central region and the espn trailers were there like the whole the whole nine yards production crew was there like we got to watch them all get like their hair and their makeup done and we got to watch them we got a tour of the whole bus i see their closets and everything that they have to do to produce their show and like to make us Mm -hmm. be on tv like i saw everything and i got to see how involved the women got and talking to these athletes and you get to meet so many different people that's when it registered with me, I want to be her. And it was Holly Rowe and Michelle Smith. And I was just like, I want to be them when I grow up. And 10 years later, almost here I am. That's awesome. Not quite them, but I'm in the business. It didn't change. All right, Casey, tell me a little bit about your college journey. So when I was a senior in high school, I was, I went with a friend of mine to a recruiting visit at the State College of Florida, which is a JUCO in Bradenton, Florida, which is about an hour, hour and a half Mm -hmm. south of Tampa. So she was invited to that. I was just kind of tagging along because I didn't really think I wanted to play college softball because in all reality, I didn't have any offers. Like nobody had really picked me up. I'm a five foot seven, like infielder. Like there was, I mean, I could hit, but I was a five foot seven pitcher infielder. Like not a lot of the big schools were really coming for me so to speak. Mm-hmm. So I just decided, I was just kind of thinking maybe I don't want to play college softball. It's not meant to be. So I just tagged along with a friend to a, this practice and the coach just said, Hey, Casey, did you bring your stuff? And I'm like, yeah. And she was like, well, why don't you come out here and practice? So I did. They made me an offer before they made my friend that she was recruiting an offer. And I signed a full ride two months later to State College of Florida. That's awesome. I Thank you. I played one year at State College of Florida just to realize that the college athlete grind is a grind like no other, which mad respect to them. I did it, but I realized I'm not cut out for this. Yeah, it's rough. Like, yeah, it is. I knew I wanted to stay in sports. Like I knew I wasn't ready to let go of that portion of my life and then I remembered back when I saw all those ESPN ladies and whatnot I'm like I'm going to I'm gonna try to pursue this I know this is crazy competitive it's a long shot because it's just how many people really want to be that person when they grow up so I decided I'm like I'm just gonna go to school for that and see what happens so then after like a year two years I finished up my associate's degree and I transferred to USF and I still declared mass communications I got into the program and that following summer I took a couple of summer classes classes, but I took broadcast news and the teacher or the professor for that class was saying, I am recruiting radio interns. Like, I don't have any and I need one. And I'm just like, can I talk about sports? Like, of course, right? And she said, yes, you can have whatever show you want. Like, you can have it about entertainment, pop culture, whatever you want. And I'm like, okay, great. Sign me up. I want to be called Casey's Corner. And that's my show every Friday. Mm -hmm. Or that's that was my show in college. That's awesome. Yeah. So that happened right after I transferred to USF. And the following fall, I I got connected with the main internship coordinator at Channel 8, which is in Tampa, our main that's our NBC affiliate in Tampa, okay. which another long shot, but truly mm-hmm. another like to intern there. I'm just like, I don't know that this could happen, but I didn't know she was friends with the head of them. So I just went over there and I put my internship application. I was like, whatever. I mean, maybe I'll get it. Maybe I won't. The next day I get called and I'm told that I got it. I come oh, wow. for a tour and come meet our head of sports. And I did. And yeah, the rest was history. What was your high school sports inter- reporter internship like? And how was that different from your experience with the radio internship and the television internship at Channel 8? So 
My high school sports reporting job was a very classic sports reporting job. I would be sent by my boss to a different high school every Wednesday and Friday. Wednesday, I would have a, most likely a volleyball game or just any some kind of a woman's sport. And then I would go Friday night football under the lights. So what I would do is I would watch the game, I would take notes, and I would try my very best to try to get a hold of the player that stood out the most to me, who had the best game, see the mm-hmm. performances. If there was a duo that I absolutely must had to, that I just thought like was crucial to that team, I would go and get sound from them. I would then, inter- I always had to interview the coach because that was my boss's rule, but it's always helpful to have two to three talking heads or different people in your story to just to beef up the story. That's yeah. Um, usually in TV. So what I would do once I got my sound is I would either have to make a highlight clip or a television story, or I could even write. So I did get, so I mainly did the television stories because that's where I want to be eventually because my end goal is to be an ESPN anchor. So what makes that different from my WFLA NBC television internship? I will say TV is very formal. Like TV is very scripted. Yes, they want you to have a personality and they want you to be unique in yourself. But at the same time, it's very difficult to do that because while they want you to have a personality and while they want you to be unique and when they want you to like, what's your edge? It's hard to have that edge because there are so many rules and guidelines for where radio is definitely very laid back, but you have a lot of freedom. And the beauty is nobody knows what you look like Mm -hmm. in radio. So yes, that I have the face for the radio phrase is very real. And the thing about radio that a lot of people do not understand also, most people in the radio business do not go by their full names. Like I actually on the radio, I'm intern Casey. Like Mm -hmm. nobody knows what my last name is. Like as far as our listeners go. Gotta keep some sense of privacy. I personally like to be a little more private. I mean, like the beauty of radio is on the air, the whole culture that at least my boss has taught me is when your listeners listen to you, like, they should want to be they should want to hang out with you and if they don't you're not doing a good job yeah that makes sense kind of just getting back to your high school sports report internship a little bit what was your favorite story that you covered while you were doing that job okay so i have a lot of favorites but mm-hmm. there is that forever and always like I don't care if I am Samantha Ponder one day this will always be my favorite story that I told Jesuit High School in Tampa is an all-boys Catholic school and they are also a athletic powerhouse like beyond belief like their their baseball team was ranked number one in the country their football team always makes a playoff run yeah Yeah. I was sent to a Jesuit football game during my high school sports internship. But at the same time, I was taking my television news class, which at USF is one of the last telecommunications classes you take before you graduate. So I was in that class while doing that internship. So I literally killed two birds with one stone with this story. There was a linebacker named Brett Jarena. He was committed to West Point. Committing to play football at West Point is not like committing to play football at an SEC school. No. Like it's a completely different breed of 
people. 90% of the kids that get into West Point are valedictorians or gifted athletes. And even those gifted athletes have exceptional scores. So this young man, Brett Jarena, his father, Joe Jarena, is the offensive coordinator at Jesuit. And he was the quarterback at West Point when he was in college. So now, then Brett committed to West Point. So when I went to go do the story, I loved the correlation. But when Brett told me that as a kid, he always watched Army football games with his dad. He always thought he saw himself going to Army. So when the offer came in, he just, he knew it was a no-brainer, but he also knew that this could be a long shot too. Throughout the story, I talked to his dad, or I got to interview his dad too, and his dad was telling me that, you know, like he always loved history. He was always so fascinated by Army football. And when we got there, he was just enamored with everything there. He got out there on the field and the coach talked to them and he was just like, no, 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 Brett, you're not ready to commit yet. Don't commit, don't commit. Not just yet, not just yet. So then a couple months went by and Brett committed. When I asked his dad, Joe, as a father, what are your thoughts about Brett going to West Point. And his words to me were, Brett is made for West Point. He's made to lead our American soldiers. In my mind, he'd be the first one to sign up for a mission. And and I'm just so proud of him. It was along those lines. That's awesome. So yes, that was probably my most favorite story because I love the military. I love America. And I love football. Amen. Amen, right? And if anybody wants to go take a look at that story, it's on my YouTube channel. Just look up Brett Jarena feature story on YouTube and make sure it's Casey, K-A-S-E-Y, W-I-S-H-A-R-T. If any of your listeners want to go take a look at that video, I'm really proud of it. So by all means, please do. But if you ever want to go take a peek at that, feel free. That's what it's called. And I can also link it in the um, in the show description if you guys want to go see it so you can go find it. So when did you graduate from school? How has the post-grad life been for you so far? Like, what have you been up to during quarantine and stuff like that? Well, I graduated in December just for a pandemic to hit in March. Yeah, me too. So that was fun. But luckily, when I graduated in December, I was applying for a lot of TV jobs. And I actually got an offer from a news station in Monroe, Louisiana. But I'm an only child and I'm a girl. So when my family and I did our homework on Monroe, Louisiana, the West Side, the crime rate was in the 70 percentile. Oh, fantastic. And yeah, and my shift would have been 3 a.m. to 11 a.m. Yikes. So for those of you that want to be in TV, get ready to be working some of the most absurd hours you could ever imagine. Sports are like that too, but if you're going to agree to hours like this, like definitely know what you're signing up for when you go into sports. So... Anyway, what I was going to say was, was then in February, I was sitting on the back porch with my mom and we were just talking about the future and just like, oh my God, what's ever going to happen to me? And out of nowhere, I got a message across my phone and it was somebody I met at a job I had two, three years ago. And he was just like, hey, Casey, what are you doing these days? And I'm like, absolutely nothing. I'm like, what do you have in mind? He goes, come be my co-host and intern. And I was just like, you know, I'm graduated, right? And he goes, Postgrad, and he was come be my co-host, and I was just like, oh, okay. So now that is the beginning of my job with Fanstream Sports as the co-host, co-producer, and I actually just started doing the high school sports with them too. But here in Florida, they're not coming back at the speed of light. We're the new hotspot, yay! What was one thing you learned specifically about the media um, through your different internships and work experiences? And then the second part, if anyone is considering the media side of sports, like why do you think they should choose that route? 
honestly, that keeping your personal life out of your professional life is ultimately how you are going to be successful in the media and sports biz. Any kind of job you have in the show biz, you have got to keep your personal life and your professional life separate because when you become a face and a name in the public eye, people will take advantage. People will capitalize. And if they, if somebody sees you doing something like silly, say you're out and you decide to have that one last cocktail and you are stumbling all over the bar. I mean, it is not a secret. Like any sorority girl can do that. But the minute the team reporter for X team is somewhere doing that, mm-hmm. I mean, she she will not have the respect of the players. The coaches will just put their time in and it'll become very obvious at work that she is not respected. Oh, for sure. It goes for both genders too. I've traveled a lot from softball. I've even through my internships, I've gotten to go to some cool places and I see a couple of athletes that used to be in Tampa and are still currently in Tampa, there were a few times I've run into a, a few different very prominent professional athletes and I can't even deny that the things I saw, I was just like, dude, do you have any idea that you are an icon here? I mean, I've been places, like I've walked into retail stores where girls will tell me, oh, I saw so-and-so at the bar and he was so intoxicated. Like, I don't even like watching them anymore, like because he was so offensive and I was just like, yeah. wow, like nothing goes unnoticed when you are a media personality or a prominent face or a prominent name and in the media if you choose tv people know who you are what you look like what your name is so you really have to fly under the radar and especially in the day and age of cell phones take a quick video upload to the internet career can be ruined oh and it's that much funnier if you're the team reporter for it's that much funnier if you are the face of that organization maybe not to you but to the rest of the world it is hysterical i mean that literally just happened to lou williams player for the LA Clippers went out of quarantine, went to a um, strip club to get some food apparently, but you know, has to Yeah, a strip club to get some food Okay, Lou. Like, see, but here we are This is a perfect example mm-hmm. Lou doesn't know us from Adam, but we are just sitting here laughing that he went to get food from a strip club. I mean I don't care how good those wings are, buddy, like make some better decisions. I mean, there's DoorDash for a reason, so <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Well, I think they should choose the media side of sports because the exposure you get to be able to travel with the team, you get to know the players, you get Mm -hmm. to know an organization on a very like intimate and personal level. And also, first off, you get to be on TV, which, and you get to meet a lot of the wonderful fans. Like you get to be a part of such an incredible community when you choose media. And I just think that's the best part of it. Like some of the connections I've made, the relationships I have today, all because I chose the sports media side and I couldn't be any more grateful that I chose the media side. Switching gears a little bit, let's get into some NHL predictions. Woo, hockey! All right, first off, who do you think is going to make it to the Stanley Cup final and who's going to win it? So the final two teams, this is my prediction. As of right now, I think it is going to be Tampa and Colorado. I'm with you on the Colorado side. I honestly do think they're, they're hot. Like they're. Oh, Colorado is on fire right now. Nathan McKinnon is dirty. He's Yeah, he's a solid uh, candidate for the heart as well. We'll get into some of those awards a little bit later for predictions. So I think I'm a little biased, obviously. I think Caps could come out. They're very hot. 
lot. Even though Pittsburgh, like, I still think they're a very solid team, as much as I don't like to say it. Okay, Pittsburgh wouldn't surprise me, but do I? I think this is my prediction with Pittsburgh. They'll get, like, a top four team. Like, they'll actually get some heated competition. Yeah. And I just, granted, we are biased with the Caps. We mm-hmm. are biased with the Lightning. The Lightning. But I just, the Caps and the Lightning, they're both, they're all around. They're better teams than Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's true. And if yeah. Sidney Crosby doesn't produce, that team doesn't produce. Yeah. And you just can't be like that in the playoffs. No. You got, it's the hottest team is going to win it. Look at St. Louis last year. They were in January, the worst team in the NHL. Got hot, sneaked into one of the last wild card spots in the West. Kept creeping up. Oh, they're not going to make it to the next round, next round. Made it to the cup final and took it to Boston and in seven. I did not see that comment at all. Well, I'm just so happy the Bruins didn't win the cup. I got mixed emotions about that one, but I mean, I was in Boston like a mile from the garden in game seven. Oh, I bet that was fun. I was hoping for a uh, little fun night, but nothing ended up really happening. Who will make the cup final? Yeah, I'm going to say Washington and Colorado was going to be my pick to come out of the West as well. And that's just what I've seen so far in the round, Robin. That's not necessarily based on anything but what I've seen lately. All right, now let's get into the qualifier round predictions. We are recording this on the second day of the uh, qualifier round. So we ha- there have been some games played um, and some have not been yet. Just kind of see who we think will win the- each series. Let's start out with the Eastern Conference. We have the 5 and the 12, the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Montreal Canadiens. I know the um, Canadiens took the best of the first game against Pittsburgh 3-2 yes. in OT yesterday. But I still... Still, I still like the Penguins in that series. I still think they're the better team. I mean, obviously, it's the five versus the 12, but it's just like the experience that Pittsburgh has, especially in like the playoffs, will pay off dividends. Yeah, Montreal, the young team. However, I think it's going to come down to this series is going to come down to who wants it more because Pittsburgh is a very scrappy team Mm -hmm. where Montreal is a very fast team. If Montreal can pull it out, that would be amazing, but I'm with you on that one. I you never underestimate the Penguins. Next up, Hurricanes and the Rangers. Hurricanes. It's Hurricanes. You think so? I predict Hurricanes. I yeah. haven't really watched the Rangers in the round robin yet, but I did see the Caps and the Hurricanes play. I know that is. There's a lot of hatred between those two teams, by the oh, way. I cannot stand the Hurricanes, personally. But the, uh, the Hurricanes, I think they did not – it was not a blowout. It was not anything like, oh, my God, the Caps did not run away with it. Mm-hmm. I do think the Hurricanes and Rangers – my prediction is the Hurricanes, but yeah. the Rangers are another team. Don't count them out. No, they're they're solid. They got Panarin. I mean, they're, yeah, I mean, they're still in the out. playoffs for a reason. Don't count anybody out. I predict the Hurricanes. Like, I yeah, just think they're – They're the better team, unfortunately. Unfortunately. All right. Islanders and Panthers. I'm going to have to go Islanders on that one. 100%. When the Lightning played the Panthers in the first exhibition game, granted, and I'm not just biased, but the Lightning were on fire. However, like the Panthers just seemed flat. They weren't aggressive with the shots. They were hardly playing defense. I mean, as much as I love him, like Braden Point was just skating circles and laps around them. Mm -hmm. So it was one of those things when I was watching, I have to go Islanders. They're fast. They're scrappy. They can shoot. And they have a lot of chemistry. I don't see the Panthers having... I see them having talent, but not the chemistry to go with their talent. I mean, they have um, Bobrovsky and Gold. He didn't do well. 
He didn't do well. No, I didn't. I didn't Bob get a chance Rosky. to watch that game. Bob Vrosky is the kind of goalie that he has to have a surrounding team around him for him to be able to be to lights well. out. Like his team has to score for him to do well. Like other than that, like if his team doesn't score, game over. Like obviously, I mean, any team that doesn't score is not gonna, gonna win. win yeah. Obviously, yeah. but Bob Vrosky oftentimes is the kind of goalie that'll he'll lose like one to nothing. Like he's one of those goalies that like people are going to shoot like those fast shooters your Pasternak's your Hedman's your like even like your Brad Marchand's like your Ovechkin those Tom Wilson yeah. they are going to shoot that puck right past Bob Vrosky especially Ovechkin but yeah his, <laughs> okay. his shot no yeah Ovi's ridiculous Ovi's great all right, Maple Leafs and Jacket, Blue Jackets. That's, that's, an, that's an eight and a nine. I'm going to be honest with you about both teams. I hate the Blue Jackets. I'm still mad at them. I, what I will say is Austin Matthews has never been hotter. Mm-hmm. Like Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, John Tavares, like that team is coming out hot. My prediction is still Columbus. Yeah. Because Toronto to me is one of those teams, or this has been my observation, when they're not when they're not on, they're another one. They are sleeping, but they only have those three superstars. They have mm-hmm. Austin Matt, Mitch Marner, and John Tavares. And if they don't do anything, nobody does anything. Yeah. Why like, Austin can't sleep. No. Like, Carter can't sleep. John Tavares no. can't sleep. But they carry that team. But yeah. the Blue Jackets actually work as a team. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's a tough one. I think I'm going to go Jackets on that as well. But it's, I mean, it's going to be a, I think it's a five game series. Uh, 100%. Going to come down to like a late deflection or something that like a certain bounce will go one team's way. And that's just kind of how it's going to go. All right, let's switch over to the Western Conference. First off, Oilers at the five seed and Blackhawks at the 12. Oilers. Oilers. I know the Blackhawks did win yesterday, but I still think the Oilers are the better team. They've got Drysidle and uh, McDavid, so I'm going to definitely go Oilers on that one. Yeah, McDavid's dirty. He's Yeah, he's disgusting. Like, he's not fair. <laughs> no, the next best player. I think he's still one of the top three best players in the NHL, if not the top. He's definitely the most exciting to watch. Oh, but hey, this past skills competition, he did not win fastest skills. It was Matt Barzell. All right, let's go Nashville Predators and Coyotes. Nashville. Nashville. I got to go Nashville on that one, too. Personally, a little opinion, but I don't think the Coyotes are really like they made it to the playoffs. I understand that, but they aren't a playoff hockey team. I don't see a lot of fire in their bellies. Let's go Canucks versus the Wild. I want to say the Canucks, but I'm going to tell you my predictions the Wild. The Wild. They are. They're, they're yeah. wild. They're literally wild. So I was watching them with Colorado, and I mean, they were giving Colorado a run for their money. Yeah, I mean, Colorado's sitting two at the West, in the West right their, now, too. So and they're wild. Are big and they're aggressive. They're gonna be a tough customer to uh, knock out if they make it to the top eight in the West. All right, let's go to the last one. Flames versus the Jets. As much as I really am not a fan of Matthew Tashuk, the Calgary Flames are going to take that series. I'd rather see the Jets, but the Calgary Flames are my prediction. Flames versus the Jets. I don't know. I'll Flames go f- were coming out crazy yeah. last night. Yeah, that's I true. mean, they were knocking people down. They were... Yeah. Just they were fighting. I mean, they're just really aggressive. But I, yeah. I don't know if that's going to be an advantage or a disadvantage given all the new protocols because of the bubble. That's true. That yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go flames on that one as well.
All right, let's hop into the award winners real quick. Uh, for the MVP trophy or the Hart trophy, we have Leon Dreisaitl of the Edmonton Oilers, Nathan McKinnon of the Colorado Avalanche, and Artemi Panarin of the New York Rangers. Nathan McKinnon. McKinnon. I'm thinking so too, just because they have the higher seeding in the West because Colorado has the two seed. But I know Dreisaitl had more points on Edmonton than McDavid, which is kind of crazy. But I still think just because Colorado has the higher seed, I'm going to give it to McKinnon. So next for the Norris Trophy, which is best defenseman, we both have biased uh, answers for this one. Uh, We have John Carlson of the Washington Capitals, Victor Hedman of the Tampa Bay Lightning, and Roman Yossi of the Nashville Predators. Okay, but those are all... All three. Those are some really good contenders. Good defensemen, yeah. But I'm going to say, I'm just going to say it real quick. Yeah. Victor Hedman is the best defenseman in the NHL, period. Yeah. yeah. Period. He's pretty solid, but okay, I know. Okay, so quickly back about Victor Hedman. Okay. When my family and I take our Jeep, we have this open-top Jeep Wrangler. Mm-hmm. When we go to Davis Island, we'll be driving down the island, and there's this little, like, trail. Yeah. And we... Victor Hedman with his white Frenchie named Harry and his wife riding their bikes and I'll just be like, look, there's Victor Hedman. Best defenseman in the NHL. Okay. Like, why even go? Oh, he has it. Uh, I know Carlson put up a bunch of points, so it's going to be tough, but I mean. He's fantastic. He, he was, Yeah, he's a solid top defenseman. Um, Roman Yossi, great. So, yeah, for sure. Roman Yossi, I think, despite our popular belief, I wouldn't be surprised if he actually took the Norris Trophy. Yeah. Like, he's phenomenal. Another one that you kind of have some bias towards, the Vesnia, uh, <laughs> Connor Hellebuck of the Winnipeg Jets, Tukarask of the Boston Bruins, and Andre Vasilevsky of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Okay, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know how you could not give it to Vasi with those three. Yeah? How do you not give it to Vasilevsky? I don't know. I mean... He's the best goalie yeah. in the NHL. Maybe yeah. not statistically. Tuka might have some stats, but are you kidding me? Vasi can do stretches and make moves that aren't humanly possible. He is I saw him at the gas station right before they left for the bubble. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. guys, look at Tampa, they're everywhere. But yeah, I mean Tuka with the Bruins, they do have the little bit they have the smidge of the better record over Tampa, but they're I mean they're they're all solid goaltenders. I mean even Connor Helbick for the Jets, like he's a solid uh he's a great goalie. Well. Yeah. But unlike Vassy and Tuka, where Vassy and Tuka definitely both, all three exceptional, but where Tuca and Vassi have the advantage is that they have the surrounding team. The Winnipeg Jets don't always do the best at protecting thy goalie. Yeah. He won't be able to take that trophy this time around, but I mean, what an honor. Yeah, for sure. But he won't take Yeah, I mean. Vassi, Vassi. Just to get just to get nominated for uh, an award like that's pretty awesome, if you ask me. I mean. Even just to be oh, like yeah. a finalist for one of the top positions in the league is a uh, it's a quite incredible. an honor. An honor. Yeah, that's incredible. For the Jack Adams Award or the Coach of the Year, uh, Bruce Cassidy, Boston Bruins, John Tortorella, Columbus Blue Jackets, the Coach of the Flyers, Elaine Vigneault. I, don't, uh, I honestly can't even predict it. Not for so. Tortorella. That's who I want to get it because John Tortorella. He reminds me of my coach growing up. Oh really? So when they yes, he reminds me exactly of my coach that I had when I was growing up. But I have him to thank for everything that has made me who I am today. So John Tortorella's approach, like I think he knows how to win. He's a br- 
brilliant coach. Oh, like, for he sure. led the, the only cup we have, he led us to it. Like That's he true, le- yeah. he swept the lightning. Like he swept the number one team in the league. Like he is brilliant. I mean, even after losing their star goalie Columbus, uh losing Bobrovsky to the Panthers, like they're still managing to do pretty well for yeah. themselves. Like Columbus is still a pretty solid team. And I mean Bruce Cassidy, they have the best record in the NHL currently. Well, they also have the President's Cup, so the President's Trophy, yeah. That's- I think I like Bruce Cassidy. Like I don't yeah. like the Bruins, but yeah, I like I don't like the Bruins because I'm a Tampa girl. But one yeah. of those things, I do like Bruce Cassidy as a coach. Right, I do yeah. think I do think he is a good coach. He's a good person. I think either Tortorella or Cassidy are going to get that trophy. All right, last award prediction. I have the, I think it's Selkie Trophy, defensive forward. Uh, Patrice Bergeron of the Bruins, uh, Sean Couturier of the Flyers, and Ryan O'Reilly of the St. Louis Blues. Oh, give it to Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah. Okay, here's the thing, but then yet again, Patrice Bergeron is a four-time winner of that. Yeah, that's true. Like, does he need a fifth one? I mean, mm. I, I'm sure I'm sure Boston fans think he needs a fifth one, but yeah. what are we talking about, David? We think Tom Brady's the best person that's ever walked, and we're going to talk about Patrice Bergeron not needing another Selkie. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he has room in the uh, cabinet for one more trophy, but who knows? Maybe a sock drawer? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, these are all, again, solid people, like solid candidates, but I would say Ryan O'Reilly as well. The Blues are kind of just picked up where they left off last year and are top of the West again. Ryan O'Reilly is so good. Yeah, not for real, he is. All right, let's get into the get to know you segment a little bit. Rapid fire questions. All right, so I think this is an easy one, but favorite athlete of all time? Rob Gronkowski. Uh, any reason why? So I'm a big believer that when you are famous like that, something every time I've met famous people that I've always taken away from was never like, oh my God, they're so talented or oh my God, they're this or wow, they're so big. It was always like, I always remember how people treat me. Bronk just seems like he is just such a fun, happy, bubbly, mm-hmm. like I love everyone kind of guy. Yeah. And on top of it, I just think this is beyond moral character. Mm-hmm. Did you know he has not spent a single penny of his NFL money? Yeah, it was just his endorsements. Only his endorsements does he yeah, spend. Which I knew like all his endorsements. I can only imagine that's probably a very comfortable number, but Yeah, definitely. He hasn't spent like I just think that is character beyond. Oh, like for that sure. to me that is not an ostentatious jerk. That is not a pompous, superior, complex person. Like, he's mm-hmm. just, he seems like he's an overall good person. And I mm-hmm. love that about him. And what, if that Frenchie ever comes around, like, yeah. there will be a nervous drunk. <laughs> In Tampa. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, favorite city you've ever traveled to or place? Ooh, that, that's a tough one. It's definitely Nashville, though. Yeah, I love Nashville. Oh, I love Nashville. I'm going there November 6th. That's awesome. Or for that whole weekend at the maid of honor and my sister's wedding. Oh, awesome. Favorite sports moment you've witnessed in person? All right. So I was actually this past season, I was at a lightning game mm-hmm. and we were playing the Minnesota wild. And I mean, we were tied. We were like, it wasn't even overtime. It was like maybe four seconds left in standard play. And mm-hmm. I think it was Alex Kalorn that passed to Anthony Sorelli. And Sorelli is just flying. Like, David, mm-hmm. have you ever seen Sorelli play? No, I have not. But I actually, mean, yeah, I have. I've watched him play. 
when they play. He is flying. Like no one can believe how fast he was moving. And he literally just he puts the puck right past the goalie. Mm -hmm. And I mean he goes head first into the net and knocks the net into the back. (laughs) Like and I mean he's like on the stomach. He's trying to get back up and he's like he gets back up and I mean he is just bright red, the color of your shirt. Mm -hmm. And he is just like Yeah like despite all the cuts on his face and actually just thinking to myself like now if I could interview after this game I would ask do you care about your personal safety at all hockey players don't care about their safety I mean no no let me yeah and you get these baseball players that stub their toe and oh my god I'm out for the season and the football players that oh my god I hit really hard let me stop hockey I lost a tooth. I think I have a concussion, but I'm going to keep playing. Yeah. I mean, hey, look at Char in the cup last year. Played with a broken jaw. Like, Okay, that's outrageous. Yeah. All right. What are you watching on Netflix? My absolute favorite show, The Office, is always a go-to. And right now, I'm really loving Too Hot to Handle. Yeah. Which is, oh, it's just so brainless. But I don't recommend anybody watch that if you want to keep your brain cells. <laughs> like, it is so outrageous. <laughs> Yeah. Like that people actually behave this way. Probably you didn't say All-American there. I finished that for the fifth time. <laughs> yeah. David, don't let me watch it a sixth, seventh, eighth time, please. Yeah, yeah right. Favorite article of clothing or accessory? <sighs> Come on, that's a tough one. Yeah. So my, my go-to when outfit when I go out is always a black jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. But my favorite accessory, are shoes an accessory? Oh, uh, like, I don't think so. But like, I mean, I don't care. Like My favorite accessory is probably my Yves Saint Laurent crossbody or... My Rolex. My favorite article of clothing is always a black jumpsuit and a pair of tan heels. What is your dream car? Oh, my dream car. Oh, geez. So it's probably probably just a tricked out Mercedes or a tricked out Audi. But I'm not too crazy about the exotic like foreign cars. They kind of yeah. scare me. Yeah, same. When I would go to like Bucks Lightning raised practices, like, and we would be in the player parking lot, like, yeah, yeah. We that we didn't even know Audi made that. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, we didn't know Mercedes even made that. I mean, when I was in Charlotte and I was in the garage where the players pulled in seeing cars that I didn't even know like existed, I was like, wow. Like, well, because they're foreign-made. They're not – the thing about a lot of those – because my good friend is in the exotic car business. Mm-hmm. Well, he none of them are made in America. They're shipped from, like – they're not even, like, Mercedes does, like, puts their stuff on it, but mm-hmm. they're really – they're exotic. They're not, and they're made differently. Like they just, they go faster than really anything they should. Like Aston Martins aren't legal in parts of Europe. Jeez. Like Ferraris are not legal in parts of Europe. Yeah. I believe that. Like, um, so I'm not crazy. Oh yeah. Just a tricked out Audi or a tricked out Mercedes. Mercedes. But my dream mom car, if I ever have children one day is definitely a white Porsche Cayenne. All right. Favorite food or meal? Tacos and Margs. Yeah. Tacos and margaritas. Always a go-to. It's a good choice. Favorite sports movie? The Benchwarmers. Does that count? Sure. Why not? I mean, it's about baseball and it's just funny. No, it's a, it's a good movie for sure. My favorite, I think, meaningful, sweet movie. Uh, even though I cry every single time, Miracle. I really know. No? We are Marshall. We are Marshall. Oh, Marshalls. that's a good movie. I cry every time, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a solid movie. All right, last one. Uh, favorite player in the NHL that is not on the Tampa Bay Lightning? Oh, David, that's just mean. But 
So if I have to answer that question, honestly, it's definitely Matt Barzell. Cause I just have such mad respect for that kid. Like he beat Connor McDavid, who is a mm-hmm. consecutive fastest skater winner. That's true. Like, yeah. I mean, Two and three straight years, Connor McDavid was winning that. And for Matt Barzal to win that by, like, I mean, split, like, point something, something of a second was yeah. he faster than Connor McDavid, which is too bad I didn't get to witness it in person. But I mean, I am just laughing because McDavid's pouting. And but here's the thing in every interview they did with Barzi, mm-hmm. he said nothing. he was so respectful of McDavid, mm-hmm. always like, you know, he's a great player. And I, you know, I just put my head down and I didn't realize Went I did it. it. Until- yeah. <laughs> But he was just so humble. He was just so nice. Like he was just so respectful of thy competition. And and I just love that about any player. And yeah, you know, I David, this these are my thoughts. I think the next big fat contract that gets way high, I really think Matt Barzal is gonna get that contract. That it, I really think he's a contender for one of those like seven Ridiculous eight contracts. That, like he's one of I think he's one of the most underrated players in the NHL right now. Him and Sorelli both. Yeah. Like some of the most underrated, like they're young. They have a lot of years to kind of grow into their bodies still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What they can do when they haven't even grown into their bodies. Young men can do and their bodies are not fully developed the way a Patrice Bergeron is fully developed. Not like where I Victor Hed- Victor Hedman is fully developed. Yeah. Not for it's sure. Just really cool they are fully developed. No, definitely. I mean, it's crazy. Like you have these like 20 year old or like 21 year olds going against these dudes. That are, 19. Yeah. 19. Yeah. They have teenagers going up against like people 20, in their thirties, like, or in their late twenties. Like, and yeah. And like, not to mention, like you put skates on Victor Hedman. He's seven, one. Jeez. He's huge. Like when we saw him at the restaurant, like, I mean, my dad was just like, he's big. Yeah. Like, I didn't realize how big Ovi was. Like, yeah, he's a tall dude. No, but defense, I mean, defensemen are big. Yeah, true. I'm just fucking, these like kids that are like so good right now, it's just like, God, wait till they're 30. If they can stay healthy. Yeah. Hopefully they didn't peak too soon, but they're just going to keep getting bigger. They're going to keep getting stronger. They're going to keep getting more experience. Yeah. Maybe even a few playoff runs under their belts. And yeah, they're going to be something else. Like, our generation of hockey is unbelievable. yeah, for sure. The new generation, once once Obi and um, Crosby finally leave the league, hopefully that's not anytime soon. But uh, I mean, Crosby can retire whenever he wants. Yeah, but. no, I agree. If he left the league like tomorrow, I wouldn't be upset. But, yeah. I respect him. Yeah, I will applaud him for one hell of a career. Oh, me too. But, but you know, Sid, like Sid, I've had enough of you. You got to get out of the league. <laughs> yeah, I... I can say the same. I mean, I respect his game, but... Do you think he's another Wayne Gretzky? No. I mean... He's got a couple... He threw that cup over his head a few times. Yeah, I know. Unfortunately, but... I don't... You know, I don't think he'll have... I don't think he has the stats of a Gretzky. Nor do I think, like, at his age, he doesn't have the stats of Wayne Gretzky. Gretzky played... How long did Gretzky play for? He played for a while, right? Yeah, he played up until, I think, his late 30s. Speaking of Gretzky, I've kind of got one final question. You can probably kind of guess what it is. Do you think Ovechkin will catch Gretzky's record? No. No? I think he'll retire. I think some his body will be shot before he can. But, hey, if he proves me wrong, that is fine by me. I think Ovechkin is great in his own way. Mm-hmm. I think by the time the generation after us is watching hockey, I think the way we look at a Wayne Gretzky, I think they will know who Alex Ovechkin is. The generation after us will definitely be saying Alex Ovechkin. Or Sid. 
Yeah, like the two greats of that I'd generation. Rather, I'd, rather say, I'd rather them say Alex Ovechkin. <laughs> oh, me too. But I mean, I'm biased, but... I, I respect Alex Ovechkin a little more, I think. One thing I will say about Sidney Crosby is he is a little whiny. He's a little whiny, so I mean, I don't think I'd rather hear like the children of the next generation say, O-V. Like, maybe it's going to be like a Kobe thing. Like, they shoot it into a net and yeah, it says... exactly. Kobe, they say, O-V. I love that. I love that so much. What's your kid screaming? Sid! Yeah, right? Sid. <laughs> oh, man. That's crazy what's happened this year, how, like, everything, just, like, Kobe's gone. Like I remember exactly where I was when I found out, too. Oh, me, too. I was at work, and my co- Like, because I can't have my phone on me at work, so I'm guarding, and one of my coworkers was like, bro, Kobe died. I'm like, what? Like, really? I'm like, no, you're messing with me. He's like, no, I'm serious. Like, I thought it was fake news. Really? But I was, I swear, I was in Lululemon. I was shopping with my mom. I, we thought it was fake until it yeah. just wasn't fake anymore. Like, you know? Yeah. Ugh, I have chills just thinking about it. I know. Well, Casey, thanks for coming on the show today. I really enjoyed talking with you. Do you want to give the listeners a place where they can get in touch with you, whether it be social media or where they can find stories that you've done? Yes, absolutely. On Twitter, you can find me at Casey, K-A-S-E-Y, Wishart, W-I-S-H-A-R-T-1. On Instagram, you can find me at underscore Casey Wishart underscore. And if you want to check out some of the stories I've done, you can go on my YouTube channel. My name is Casey, K-A-S-E-Y, Wishart, W-I-S-H-A-R-T. And you can check out all all to some of my favorite high school stories that I've done and a few more things. So if you want to get in touch with me, just feel free to DM me on any of those platforms. And maybe if you want to even just like book a story or something, you can always reach me at those platforms or you can even call in at our radio station. We are located in Pinellas County. Tune in to us either on the website, fanstreamsports.com, or you can listen to us on 820 AM. And that's that. All right. It was awesome to talk to you. Uh, Hopefully we can have you on the show again at some point soon to talk a little bit more about the NHL and just the current sports world. Yeah, that'd be great. I'd love it. Awesome. Thanks for coming on. All right. Of course. Thank you. Alright guys, that about wraps up today's episode. If you guys have any questions, feel free to DM me and I'll be happy to answer them and get back to you. If you have any potential guests that you would like to hear, please request them and I'll definitely take them into consideration. Be sure to follow the podcast on all of its social media channels. Follow it on all their listening platforms, such as Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Be sure to follow, rate, and subscribe to the podcast on whatever you're listening to. It'll really help the ratings, and I would appreciate it very much. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode, and I'll see you next time for another exciting interview.